quit a job or redefine yourself within one, ever started something in one big or failed. Quit is a call-in show where we try to help people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. Usually this is a call-in show. We're not going to do calls today. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. It's Monday. January 27th, 2014. This is on a Monday. Hattie Cook, how are you? Oh, hi. I don't know, Monday. It's about to get real cold here. Oh, yeah. Arctic freeze style. And I style. don't mean in the studio. I mean in all of Austin and all of Central Texas here. About to get another night where it's like in the 20s and then it's going to rain. And that sometimes means freezing rain. Sometimes it means sleet. Sometimes it means snow. And this just happened not that long ago, Hattie. Just Mm-mm. got very cold. I think. I think exactly a week ago. Right? Uh, I think it was Friday, actually. So that would be... See, we're doing quite on Monday. It threw me off. It would have been exactly a week if today was Friday like normal. So you're you're thinking... I was thinking correctly. Correctly, except incorrect. Oh, well. Because today is a Monday. I don't know if we're going to keep doing this on a Monday. I don't know anything. We just just started a a new schedule. Um, A schedule. We will see what it it works like. Right now, Sky is running around... Cleaning up this office, cleaning up this place, because I'll tell you what, it was a it was a mess in here. It got to be terrible. It's in crazy the way this place looks. Isn't that weird when your office gets out of control and uh, it gets messy? Things get get put down in the wrong place, and all of a sudden your whole office is a mess. It's torn up, and uh, what are you going to do about it? You got to force people to clean. <laughs> so. I don't know. It's weird. I've done so many call-in shows, and uh, and I, I really wanted to uh, to take a chance to do some of the quick feedback, the email feedback that we haven't really been able to pay any attention to for a while. I want to mention that if you want the quit newsletter, which is not sending out anything yet, but it's free now. So here's some here's some quit feedback. Give me okay, some, give me some feedback. The way that you send feedback to the show is you go to 5by5.tv and then TV. you and then you click on contact or just go to 5by5.tv slash contact and you can pick quit. Did you ever make it cooler in here, honey? I did. I turned it way down and I turned the heat off and I turned the air conditioning on. Thank you. If you need it cooler, I can turn it back down. Feels warm. And somebody did that. Somebody went to the 5by5.tv website slash contact. They chose quit. Out of the list of shows. And here's what they wrote. Okay, Hattie, you ready for I'm listening. Th- here's I'm listening what they wrote. Hi. Exclamation point. Hi. I have just signed up for this five by app, but I wanted to deactivate my account because I was no aware that it was more of a browsing videos app, not creating videos. So would you be able to deactivate my account? Thanks. It is a great app. Love the layout. And my username is redacted. Thanks. Sincerely redacted. So recently, uh, it has come to my attention by every single person who follows me on Twitter that StumbleUpon has come out with an app called 5by, 5by. <laughs> this has nothing to do with us. And I don't care that they picked that name for it at all. People keep asking me, oh, Just Dan must be upset about this. The number 5, BY. B-Y. I don't care about it. They wanted 5by5 five five and we had it and no, they maybe. wanted it. I, I know it. Who knows? Who cares? I don't care about this app. But this is the this is the feedback. So I wanted to dedicate the next you know forty five minutes to talking to about this email, upon. this one email, not StumbleUpon, not their oh. app. I'm not even going to link their app. I don't care about it. Just talking about this one email because you can go, you can get a lot out of this one email. I was going to talk about our new monitor stand, but are you, you going to do that too? Well, you seem to indicate that maybe the audience wouldn't want to listen to me talk for forty five minutes about the new monitor stand. So well. It didn't I mean, you're seem probably very, right. You've got a good sense of what the audience. It didn't seem very quit related. Yeah, I guess not. Um, we could talk. Are you looking for ideas? No, about? I want to spend 45 minutes talking about this email. Well, then I might interrupt that 45 minutes and talk about. Because um, it's your quite, show. No, because it's your show. You no, talk about what you, you want to talk about during the show. Because that's fine. I guess it's your about. show. Now. Yeah. I guess you run everything then. So. No, I want to spend some time talking about this email because there's so much happening in in this email. If you think about it a lot, 
it's really interesting to me because when, when you create something, you're responsible for it, right? Back in the, back in the old days, uh, in my past life as like an IT guy, system administrator, IT person, I was, uh, I was very much tired of the rat race, tired of being a corporate stooge, tired of nine to five or, or really nine to seven going in and, and working in an office, you know, and it was, a, it was a very much a, an oppressive kind of an office, you know, not like this one, Hattie, where people just go and have fun. It's not oppressive in here. That's what I'm saying. It's not oppressive. We don't here. even have the overhead lights on. I know. It's a, it's a happy place. There's alcohol in the fridge. People can drink as much as they want. There's coffee, the grinder for the beans. Actually, we're out of coffee. Sorry. Well, we're off of the K-cups that people, out of the K-cups that people don't That's want. That's true. We have, fr- we we have, have fresh, like fresh ground yeah, coffee. Yeah. So Nothing to make it in. We're not out of coffee. Well, yeah, <laughs> we've got what the- What can we do? What? Oh, that's just a grinder. That's yeah, not the actual that's coffee the grinder. maker. Why don't we have a coffee maker? What was that? This guy's doing something. Why don't we have a coffee? We'll have to fix that. We'll have to get a little AeroPress in here because we can boil water. We get the we have thing the, for tea. Oh, yeah, we do. The one that... We have an AeroPress? Yeah, we have that. It's over there. Oh, yeah, because I never used it at home. I guess I brought it in. Anyway, coffee. But the, the point is, this was not a fun office like we have now. This is one of those terrible offices with fluorescent lights and bureaucracy and politics. It was terrible. And it was my idea that anything would be better than this. There were no benefits to it. Not even coasting was a benefit. You know, we've talked about coasting on this show. And I just, I remember being in, in that mindset that, gosh, anything would, would be better than this. And one of the ideas that I had, and this is back in the early days of web hosting and internet hosting and that kind of thing. I thought, you know what? I'll start my own little web hosting company. I knew enough people. I I knew how to start something like this. I could do a web design when being able to do web design was a very, very unique skill. And I said, uh, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. And as I started doing this, people started to want to be customers. A lot of people. And it scared the crap out of me and I never did it. That's the end. Because people want, you were scared because people were going to expect things out of you? Yes, exactly, Hattie. I was very scared that people would expect things out of me, that in fact, they would care if their website was working. Uh, They would care if their files existed and, and were backed up. They would care a lot because they were writing me out a check or processing a credit card every month. For money, a lot of money. And it scared the crap out of me. And I thought, what if it's 2 a.m. And I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm out with my friends and something happens to the internet connection. Now, we get very angry in 2014 if there's an internet, an inter- interruption to our internet connection. We get, li- we get very upset. Just the other day, Hattie, you, you told me that the internet went out in your house for... It, s- it was like under 30 seconds. Under th- but you... But it ruined everything. Ruined everything. It, your, I, was, I, I was watching HBO off. Go. That stopped. My, I was trying to do something phone on my phone. Work. That went off. And I was like, oh my gosh terrible right and we expect these things to just work the way we expect the power to work the way we expect the water to come out of the faucet when we turn the thing on the internet is the is the water faucet of uh of the year 2014 you gave me a choice would i rather spend a day without water running water or uh, or oh. without internet there's no di- of course i want the internet give me the internet yeah i can find water elsewhere i'll find water I'll drive to water i'll pour orange juice on my hands if i have to wash it with something i don't care Sticky. whatever hand gel that's what hand gel's for who needs to flush the toilet? I ain't got my internet. Okay, but... Dig a latrine. Ooh. Ugh. So, you know, you, you people would... But back then, like, people were tolerant of... But I was going to run this internet connection. I didn't know if this thing was going to be reliable or not. And there were costs associated with what if, what if customers start hosting lots of images and my bandwidth bill goes up because they used to charge you for bandwidth. It wasn't just whatever you want. They would, they would meter, carefully meter the bandwidth of your server. And long story short, I got, I got too scared as soon as it started looking like it could be something. I got too scared. Repeat of this story with a different idea. Here's another, here's another <laughs> thing that I did. You have, we've talked, I've shown you BOS, right? It came on yes. one of these little machines that uh-huh. we, we had to dual boots into BOS. We have BOS. The, uh, floppies of it. Yeah. A great, and, and a couple, a couple CDs. It's, it was a very revolutionary, revolutionary 
operating system for its time. I forget the exact year that this thing came out. Uh, I, I feel like it was in the late nineties, early two thousands time period. It doesn't really matter. The point is there was no other operating system like this. It was multi-threaded. It was super fast. It was native and it, it seemed to offer all the things that people like me wanted. It had a really interesting and great user interface, graphical user interface. It had, um, uh, it, it had you when you opened up the terminal, you had the bash shell, which means a lot to people like in that time and, and still now. It was everything that we wanted uh, Mac OS X to to be, but there was no Mac OS X. There was OS nine at the time, and there was Windows on the Windows side. And this uh, this was a very interesting, unique operating system. It looked like it would be really great for multimedia applications and video editing and and there and, and developing as well, but. It never caught on. But before we knew that it wasn't ever going to catch on, uh, they started out by making this thing called a B-Box, which was like its own custom hardware. B-Box. And uh, and basically, uh, you would have to buy this. Well, then they said, no, we're going to come out with the operating system. You can run it on your PC. You can run it on your Mac. So I got this, and I got really into it. And they said, well, you can become an authorized developer for it, build software for it. I said, ah, I'm not going to do that. I said, well, you can also build certified machines for it. You can mm-hmm. become an authorized machine builder. So I started a little company. I was going to build these things and sell them to people because I was already building and selling free BSD servers, and I was already building and, building and selling PCs for, for like all the uh, people at work that didn't want to pay uh, thousands and thousands of dollars to Gateway. Uh, to get their own. This is before Dell even. <laughs> so like it was either, uh, it was ga- gateway was the cow one. Did you ever see that? The boxes oh, yeah. with the cow prints. That's, on yeah. Them. That was, that's like my <laughs> middle school time was right. gateway. Yeah. Even so was, though the Dells went to the school. So. Yeah. Well, the Dells, as soon as the Dells kind of <laughs> came out, they were like, okay, this is better. But you know, so I said, okay, you know what? I'll build these and I'll sell these same exact thing as, and the same thing with the free BSD servers. Now the PCs that I was selling to people that at the office where I worked, like, if they needed, if they had a problem, they, I was there nine to five during the week, you know, so that was no big deal. But it's different if you were selling them. And, they, and you know, and these people wanted like a big, they wanted big servers, you know, they wanted stuff that were going to like with many drives in them and lots of, you know, and they needed these things to be really good. And they're going to look to me for support. Who was coming to you? Like what type of people? Uh, you know, it like was a lot of or individuals or it was businesses and it was like scientific places that needed servers to run their their and how old applications, are you? uh, 23, 24. This is like my second, their third failed business. And, uh, and, and it just, it, you know, it, it scared me and it was like, no, I've got to, I've got to get away from this. I don't want to do anything like that. And I all of a sudden realized that this job that I had that I'd been hating, uh, actually provided me with two things. One, it, even though I say there is no such thing as job security, for the most part, I, I pretty much knew like where my check was going to come in. Uh, and, and the fear that I had about this ended at about 5 p.m. every day. Even though I was the IT guy, yeah. once in a while I'd have to go in and, and reboot a server in the middle of the night or fix a drive or whatever. Like the anxiety and fear that I had was 9 to 5. And when I left, I really left. And I realized that with these other things that I was thinking about doing, uh, that that the anxiety and fear would begin at five or it would be all day long. It'd be all the time. 24 hours, yeah. right. Even when you sleep. And I think that nowadays that's that's the kind of business pe- not a lot of people are going to do. But, uh, you know, building an application, building an iOS app, building a server. Uh, I'm sorry, not a server, building a, a web application. All these things, if these things have a problem and people are paying money and they depend on them. I mean, you know, it's news. It's news when Gmail or Google of any of its services go down. It's not just, oh man, Gmail's down. It's actually news on the front page of tech meme and, and, and gadget. And you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a news story. And the news story is Gmail goes down across the Southwestern United States for for 14 minutes. And you know, like that's a news story. Google has not provided any information as to why it went down, but it went down. If a certain like uh, service goes out, like Instagrams, I'm like, everything's loading really slow nothing will come up. I immediately go on Twitter. I'm like, look, looking to see if other people say the same thing. If it's just me or whatever. It's very important that I find out. 
So if it's a, how much did you pay for the Instagram app? I think Instagram's free, isn't I it? I think it is free. Uh, and yet, if it goes down, we're entitled. This thing yeah, I'm not better gonna come compl- back I'm up. I'm not going to complain to anybody, though. Oh, but but I, people complain. But I might, How I much might... did you pay for your Gmail account? Nothing. You're entitled to have that Gmail. How dare they go down? Well, Gmail, Outrageous. that's our work. So, yeah. All right. But we paid nothing for that. Right. So it doesn't matter if it's our work or not. It's their fault for not making it But that's charged. the thing. Now, imagine the outrage. <laughs> That people feel when Gmail goes down, something nobody's usually paying anything for. Imagine the outrage there. Imagine the outrage if they were paying or when they are paying. Oh my gosh. So this, this poor woman, and I, I will say that it is a woman. This poor woman just wants to deactivate her five by account. <laughs> Somehow she Googles five by Finds and us. And your name comes up. Yeah. Goes to the contact page. That's logical. Why she picks quit from the list. Maybe because maybe she wants like, to quit the app. Quit I don't the know. App. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, think about it. Um, it. It's it's one of these things where, you know, people, they, they, they get fed up with the service for some reason. They get fed up with something for some reason. And then they, they want out. Now, who failed here? Did the app fail because it wasn't what she wanted? Well, yeah, but, but I'm talking about after, after that. What failed? What failed was the app didn't give her a good way to get in touch with, with those people. Because notoriously, iOS apps don't really provide very much by way of support. They don't provide a channel for you to communicate with the developer. And sometimes that's intentional. They don't want feedback. But do these five by people want to provide that kind of feedback? You know, the app developers, when you're building an app, they're the, I guarantee the Instagram people, when they first came up with their idea, they're not sitting around thinking, how are we going to support this? They're thinking, well, we need to have servers that can provide with enough, blah, blah, blah. But, but not really customer service and support. And, and it's, and it's, so often overlooked. It's so often overlooked in a company. Well, today I was on the phone trying to get a hold of IKEA and I had I called the store, I input the zip code, everything, the right one came up. But I was on hold for about forty minutes. My gosh. Just, I just let sat my phone down or whatever. And you just worked alongside and then, of it. Yeah. And then um but before that I had called three more times and then it kept redirecting me to no one or it would just hang up on me. <laughs> so like but like I n- there wasn't an option to get in touch with a human. There wasn't that option. You couldn't talk to an actual person. Right. And they don't want you to, right? I guess not, but I finally got a hold of somebody. And I asked the girl, I was like, I was on hold for a really long time, but is there an easier way to get a hold of an actual human being? She was like, no, this is our only number. Yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, support and that, and that type of thing. It's just, it, all of these things, what scared me away from doing those businesses was the idea of supporting those things. M- managing the people that you provided something for right managing their accounts and be making sure their stuff so why wouldn't you say well dan why wouldn't you just hire someone to do that well at that time i was the only person i knew who i could hire to do that kind of work now today if all of a sudden i had you know was deploying linux and freebsd servers and needed to do remote support there's plenty of people who could do that there's plenty of, of voice over ip solutions with call routing that i could install very easily myself route to them have them pick up the phone and answer it and do the support and I could pay a couple people to cover a 24-hour thing, and it wouldn't it wouldn't even be that expensive to do that. It would cost money, but it's not like, well, we're going to break even now. I mean, we'd still make money. And but the idea of of that back then, that, that none of those things were in place. Now, looking back, I'm not so sure that I would still think that was a, a good idea. It was a stupid idea for business for me to try and do. But I just wanted out. I didn't care. And you know what? I don't think, Hattie, we've gotten a lot of calls about uh, about that from people. Uh, people saying, I just want out. And I thought when I started this show that I would get a lot of calls from people who were no. just, I just want out. I hate my job. I got to get out of here. But I guess those people would already have quit, though. Maybe, maybe not. I didn't you know, These are people time. that need help deciding whether or not they should quit or if they're the person and they're in the type of situation where they need to quit. Yeah. 
I just was really expecting a lot of people to be like, like the angry, right? I'm screwed. We've had more only like one venting, or two calls like more that. like the venting show than the should I quit show. Yeah, I want to talk about Moises who who quit. <laughs> we'll talk about him in a second. But mm-hmm. before that, if you are in a situation where you want to quit and you're sitting there thinking like, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do next? I don't know how to do this other stuff. Oh, I got to talk about my brother-in-law too. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do the stuff I really I don't have do. it. I don't know how to do anything else. This is what I know. And I'm very good at it. And I feel like my skills would transfer well. But if I, I also could just... hate everything. Right. So here's how you can, here's how you can fix everything. You go to lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. Over there, they've got over 2,000 high-quality video courses. They're taught by industry experts. They add new courses every day. You're a beginner? Fine. Intermediate? Sure. Advanced? Okay. This is what I'm talking about. You go over there and you will find, oh, you want to learn how to do, you know what? Hattie, I want to learn how to do Final Cut Pro. Are there any? Oh, really? Could you go to Linda right now, L-Y-N-D-A? And see if there's anything on Final Why do I want to do it? Because I just spent 300 bucks on Final Cut Pro. It's installed Final on this, uh, this new iMac Pro. that we have, which Zach is sitting at, which he's going to be doing all of our... Yes, we're doing video stuff. Oh, my gosh. There's just pages and pages and pages how many? and does pages. It give you an, oh. It does give you a list of how many? Um, how 29 many reserves just on the first page. Just on the first page. But then it's continuous scroll. Oh so here's the thing. If I want to learn Final Cut Pro... It's going to cost me a fortune though, right? Because I'm going to have to buy each one of those courses. And what if I get through the course? I'm like, oh, I didn't need that course. You know what? No, Linda thought of that. They got your back. You know why? Because it's a subscription service. You pay and you get for 25 bucks, you get unlimited access to everything. You can learn anything. It's anything not just you paying oh, not just for Final the Cut one Pro. thing. It's any video that they so, have. Say, okay, I want to learn Final Cut Pro this week. But you know what? I'm really ADD. And next week I'm going to take up uh, Logic. basket weaving. Oh, basket weaving. Well, do they have one on basket weaving? I don't know. Let's see. I wonder if they do. The point is, if it's a teachable, learnable skill, and it doesn't have to be in computers, but if it's, if it's something you can learn, and I love these things, we used to call these things screencasts back when I worked with my friend Jeffrey Grossenbach over at Peep Code, and I made some screencasts there, and I was teaching people how to write code and do things with Bash and Vim and that kind of stuff. But the, po- the point is, you want to learn something? You want to learn how to do SEO more effectively? You want to understand Google Analytics because that's a part of, of, of a lot of people's jobs these days. Really taking advantage of Google Analytics and doing campaigns. I mean, this is just some examples. Time management, even stuff like Microsoft Excel, which people still use everywhere. Photoshop, you name it, it's there. Go to lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A dot com and go and teach yourself something. Learn something. So here's the special URL, in fact. And, and it's very, listen, we got off, who is it we were talking to over at Linda? Sam. Sam is cracking down on us. And she's saying, you've got to use a special URL. I love having these guys as a sponsor. Me because too. I think everybody in the audience can use this. Lynda.com slash quit. Go there. Just go and quit. That shows A, that you listen to the show. B, that you care about the show. And C, that you want to learn something new. Lynda.com slash quit. Look around. Try it out. And uh, you're going to get to try this free for seven days. And in that seven days, you just quit your job. You need to add some skills to your resume. you got a week of free time to go, go and learn everything. It. So go and learn it. All right. Thanks very much to lynda.com slash quit. Lynda.com slash quit for sponsoring this show. Thanks, guys. So useful. So useful. Okay, what were the two quiz? What were the two things I wanted to talk to you about? You want to talk about that arm and you also want to talk about the email. False. The, no, those were not the two things. One of them was my brother-in-law. Oh, and then the other one was Moises. Moises. So Moises used to do shows here. And he still does the Critical Pass show with Horace, Dead You. And he had a couple of other shows. He just quit. He's gone. His shows are gone off the network. He's taken them and he's doing his own thing with them. And this is perfectly fine. And people were wondering, oh, is Danny, Danny, you pissed off? Are you still working the night? No, it's fine. Everything's fine. We talked about it. See, because I have to make a tough decision. When I have a show on 5x5, the show has to be successful. And if the show's not successful, and I'll tell you what I mean by successful, then we have to make changes to the show or we have to get rid of the show. And for me... First of all, I feel that his shows were successful. So let me ex- explain what I mean by that. 
I thought that his shows were some of the best shows on five by five. I thought the quality was always superior. I thought the interviews that he did were excellent. I thought the the content of the shows and the interviewees and everything else that he had were great. Uh, but we need shows that get big numbers. This is the same thing as radio if, 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 or TV. If people stop watching a show and the ratings go down, they cancel the show. And that sucks to make that decision. I want big numbers on every show. And you know, I've canceled my own shows because they weren't doing well. I'll give you a perfect example of a show that I canceled on my own that people still like and, and kind of miss, The Pipeline. Yep. That was an interview show that I did that I, I loved doing. It took a lot of work. I loved doing it, but I canceled it. Why did I cancel it? Because the numbers weren't there. 5x5.tv slash pipeline. Some really great interviews on there. I was lucky enough to interview so many really, really great people. But I had to cancel that show on my, my own show and quit my own show because the numbers were not consistently good. Yeah, you get Jason Fried on there, you're going to get 120,000 downloads. You get Gary Vaynerchuk on there, great. But then you get somebody like a genius like Aaron Hillegas. You get him on there and it's 10, 15,000 downloads. That's not enough. Oh, people are saying, well, wait, my podcast only gets 2,500 downloads. My podcast only gets 500 downloads. Well, that doesn't mean stop doing it. But when this is a business, you got to find a racehorse, man. You got to ride it until that thing runs itself into the ground, and then you sell it for glue. That's how it works. That's what you do. Because when good shows, and look, John Syracuse did hypercritical. And he stopped when he ran out of ideas. He didn't want to do any bad shows. That was a great show. I miss it. I wish he'd keep doing it. Now, I, I think a lot of people miss that show. But every episode of it was great. Yep. Every episode of Hypercritical and he, was how great. How many? hundred. hundred exactly? Correct. That's so, John. No more, no less. A hundred great shows. hundred great shows. And, you know... Every single one of those shows is, is still listenable. Even ones that are about things that have happened, like speculating about new things that are going to come out. They're still great. And you want it to be great, but it also got really good download numbers. Now, if only 2,000 people had downloaded that show every week, we would not have kept doing it. Because sponsors wouldn't have been interested. Because the shows have to make money. I'm sorry. They have to make money. And that's a luxury that you don't, uh, that you, you don't have to worry about that if it's a hobby. If my hobby was building BOS machines and I just loved building them and wasn't doing it to try and sell them and make money, well, I could have done that. But I wanted it to make money because I, I wanted to quit my job and, and make a living. So I started writing this podcasting handbook and I don't really care if that book makes money. I'm going to be selling it. It's not going to be for free. I'm going to be selling it. But I really want it to be a success in my terms. And my terms are, I want lots of people to read it and I want their podcasts to be better because of it. And I want more people who aren't podcasting to do it. And I will be selling the book, but I don't really care if five people buy it or 50 people buy it or 500,000 people buy it. it. Okay. I shouldn't say I don't care. I would love that. I would like anybody who's interested in podcasting or who is podcasting or who wants to do it, pick it up. And it's going to be affordable and I hope it helps people. But for me, the goal is not making money. The goal is making something great. And if it is great, then yeah, people should pay for it. That's You're making something that fun. you want to be proud of. You're not making something for other people, really. Yeah, Even though it is well, a hamburger, it's for other people, but it's it's something you want to complete yourself. Yeah. But I think it's going to be good. I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard on it. And, uh, and, and because I think it's good and because I'm working hard on it, I'm going, to, I'm going to sell it. But I think that, you know, when, when it, it, it's also a hobby in a way because it, I don't have to write this. But I realized over the years of doing this that people really want something like this. And your knowledge look is at valuable. The, look at the maker. But where I'm obsessed with our new maker bot. Oh We've got a maker bot Is online. it printing in there right now? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm printing a little, we've printed lots of things and you never know when you download a model, what you're going to get. Uh, so I downloaded this little model. It's a little oh, crown little for, my upside little, down hearts. Little, for my little two year old girl and it's 71% on printing and I can't see into that room if it's printing correctly, but it probably is. We should put it right here. Even though it's loud. 
It'd be too loud. Yeah. And it's not, it's been running nonstop since we got it. I'll yeah. tell you what. But they took, they really capitalized on something. As I was talking to Andy Nako about today earlier, uh, you can absolutely go and build your own. They are called printer bots, P-R-N-T-R bot, printer bot. You basically get parts and put together your own You want own to build your own custom thing. printer, yeah. And the MakerBot people saw this was going on and said, you know what? There's a lot of people, sounds very familiar, like the Apple story. A lot of people <laughs> could do this, but they really don't want to do this. We'll just make we want this for awesome. them. Mm-hmm. And we'll build it so that they can get it, turn it on, and have software. It's just going to work most of the time. It'll just work. A lot of the people, when I uh, tweeted out- They don't want to customize it. No. When I tweeted out that I had a MakerBot coming, I was excited. A lot of people were like, well, your first uh, your first print is going to be a blob. Our first prints were great. Why we did they say it was going to be a blob? Because I think the typical experience for a printer bot when you're doing it yourself is like figuring it all out, calibrating it. I don't want that. I want to I want to buy a 3D, pr- 3D printer so that I want to print 3D things. I don't want to have to fiddle around and yeah. You just Maybe, turn it on you know, and have it work. I'm the kind of person that I would get the really cool thing that works perfectly first. And, and then spend more later, for it. Well, and then later I can be like, you know what? Now that I'm super into this, I'm curious about how this how works. How I works. would like to build my own. Then I would go to the printer bot if that's what I, I was like going to do. Yeah. Like, I, oh, I use this more for this one specific type of printing. Well, I need a machine that is more catered to that specific type of printing. Okay, I'm going to make my own. I'm going to customize right. it myself once I know what I use it for. Yeah. Right now, I'm just playing around with it. I don't want to play around and also work really hard to try and figure out how this thing works and making it work. And did I put this one part right on? And No. You just wanted to work. And that's how I felt about it. And I think that's why they're successful. But look at what they did. They said, hmm, there's this cool thing called a 3D printer. And you can get the parts and pieces for it and put it together and make something. What if we do that with our own parts, our own customizations, our own stuff, and make a business out of it? Now, that's a great idea. That's a really great opportunity. Nothing could have stopped millions of other people from doing this because there were plenty of people who said, yeah, somebody should make a business out of that. But they just didn't go and do it. Yeah. And then you look at a company like Outbox. I got a lot to say about this. Before I do, let me do the second sponsor. You hear that? 3D printed pages. No, I'm just kidding. Fresh books. Are you, Hattie, are you still using Word or Excel to print your invoices? No. What do you use to print your invoices? I use Fresh Books. How does that work? Well, it's the coolest thing ever. Explain. Uh, We do all of our invoicing through Fresh Books. Everything's all digital and it's awesome. Okay. So Hattie sits down at her computer. I sit down. And she logs in and what she sees in front of her is a web application, I would call it. And it's beautiful and it's clean and everything makes sense and it's simple. And we customized our invoices so that they have Mm -hmm. our logo on them. They look pretty. pretty. We can pick from different styles and templates for them. And then we, uh, when Hattie says, oh. We got to go and build when we, of course, we invoice FreshBooks with FreshBooks. So it's they time like to invoice FreshBooks. What happens is we send them this. They have email, an episode of Quit. And they're going to see what they are paying for. And we and see can, when they got the invoice. Or opened it or, or, viewed, opened it, it or viewed it. Or if I changed something, if I mm-hmm. changed the amount. Oh, I forgot that we gave you, you know. They get updated. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really seamless. It's really the best way to invoice. And it's all online. It's all virtual. You don't, I don't know have anyone to wouldn't print use it. stuff up. You don't, I mean, no, but by the way, if you have a customer who's old school and they like need snail mail, obviously you're going to pay for postage, but FreshBooks will mail mm-hmm. an invoice to them and per, like they, they get a real printed invoice. You can print it with a little stub. So they have a little stub to cut off and send it back to you. If you want them to send and it they back, have, they can pay online. Yeah. Different payment options. Payment online. options. I mean, they've thought of everything. Yeah. You can do other things too. You I'm can try to think of the cool things that I like. Oh, I love the little, um, customizable line item things where you can save custom line items right, in there. So right. if you have like, Oh, these are my four services that I always use and they're all different prices. Well, I can just select the line item customize my own with my own little code and it'll pop right up. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. And they're reusable. So you're not wasting time. When and it calculates everything. You can do a together. discount. So cool. So this is the fun thing that they're doing just for quit listeners. Oh, they are making and giving away every day, every day, every a, day, a birthday cake to one of our listeners to of one this of our show. Listeners. So when you sign up for a new account, it'll say, Oh, did you hear about us? You feel quit Q U I T. You've put that in. 
and they will pick from the pool of quit listeners who have signed up that day, and one of them will get a birthday cake. And so they go to a local vendor, and they bake you a cake, and they send it to you, and it can be your birthday even if it's not your birthday. This is a fun thing they do, and I forget uh, how many, but they told me last time we did this promotion for them, they sent out like hundreds and hundreds of cakes. Hundreds of cakes. So listen, like just go and sign up, feeling, and if you, you know don't what? like the service, that's fine, but try it out. It might be great for you, and you might get a cake out of it. What if you're like, you know, listening in the morning, and you're like, oh, you know what? I'd really like a cake. Or like, maybe I don't have any friends, and it's my birthday, yeah. and I really want a cake, but right. I don't want to buy myself a cake. Maybe you'll win it today. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they do gluten-free cakes. No. So, paleo listeners, pay attention to that. But you, your friends at the but office. But you know what? Yeah. Bring it in. Be, be kind. Here in the office? Share your cake. Don't be so selfish, jerk. Get FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks said, let them eat cake. Get fresh. That could be, you know what? They're going to have to run with run that. There's an idea, girl. Uh, GetFreshBooks.com is where you're going to go. Get freshbooks.com. Just go and get when it. you fill it out. Put in quit as the person or the place it sent you and get a <laughs> quit cake. sent you. Quit sent you. Outbox. So the idea for Outbox is an interesting idea. This is an Austin based company that recently folded. Cute, cute logo. Yeah. What was the logo for it? I think it was just the word Outbox, but it had some little bird kind of flying. Oh, it was yeah. cute. So the concept was we don't want to deal with. All of this crap mail that we get. We want it Ugh, to be all so digital, much of that. paperless, all even when coupons. they don't give you the option. So what these guys do is they go in, they would physically collect your mail every day. They would physically collect your mail. They bring it back, they open it, they scan it, digitize it, and then it's available to you in their app and on all these other great uh, things. So it's, this is an interesting idea for a business. And it's interesting because there's a lot of people who are like, ooh, I don't want somebody going through my mail. Well, there's all the privacy stuff was in place. They got around the laws that make it illegal for, like, I can't go and collect Hattie's mail without her permission. And right. some federal offense and all this other stuff. They got around that. They wanted to get the USPS uh, as a partner mm-hmm. to work with them. But the USPS said, we, they're under no circumstances will we support any company or business or anything that reduces junk mail. Because if you think about it, USPS is run on junk mail. Yeah. How many like letters do you get that are legit? Right. It's probably like one out of the seven things in your mailbox. <laughs> if you're lucky, some days it's all and it's junk. it's probably going to be a bill right. if it's an actual envelope. And a lot of companies <laughs> will let you switch to electronic billing. I'm not even just talking about the auto draft. I'm talking about they just send you an email when you have a bill due. That's what I do. Yeah. It's genius. And you pay it online. And, and sometimes they even give you discounts for doing this. The USPS is going, uh, going away. I mean, everybody knows yeah. that. But Even though I love getting letters. It's old fashioned. It's letters. traditional. It's lovely. Write us a letter. Yeah. Write us a letter. We get letters sometimes. Yeah. And they said, we will not support. We will not support a business. And so that partnership is gone. So mm-hmm. the problem that Outbox ran into is apparently they had a lot of interest when they first kind of premiered and said, we're doing this. They did it in Austin and San Francisco. But it turned out they only wound up with something like 2,000 subscribers, 2,000 people using the service. Maybe yeah. that was just their San Francisco number. But in San Francisco, there's like 2,000 people every 15 or 20 feet. Yeah. And that's all they got. Because it's just vertical. Yeah. <laughs> it's vertical city. Like, it is. And it, it, they didn't, so they didn't get enough people. They didn't get enough people and the, their cost, they were paying like twice what it costs to have. So if, if your bill, if you were paying five bucks a month, it cost them 10 bucks a month to, to run the service for you. So they, they shut down. My brother-in-law worked there mm-hmm. and uh, he's one of the people who got laid off. Apparently they're trying to do something else with their team, but even so they, they're, they're ha- trying to help have their team, like help them find jobs and help them That's go nice. other places. And, but you know, uh, it's interesting to me because this idea, the idea of outbox, it's, you know, it's one of those things that when people hear it, they're either like, yeah, I want that. Or they're like, right, like, uh, oh, I hate checking my mail. Right. Or they're like, no, thanks. I don't like that idea at all. And you really, for an idea to be successful, it has to be one of those things that to a lot of people seems to be obviously good. Um, or, or at least like, yeah, I would try that. Or at least try it, you know. Like I'd, I'd give that a try for a month. Right. Netflix. 
Great example. Who wants, you know, it used to be a big event on a Friday or Saturday night. We talked about this off the air, how you'd go and you'd be like, you'd get in the car and you'd drive to Blockbuster. You're like, oh my gosh. The new movie came out tonight. Oh my gosh, it's finally out. Right. Like, will they have enough copies? Because they never have enough copies. I was always worried about that. Yeah. And you'd get there. And there's the wall in the back of the blockbuster, and it's like all the new releases. And it'd be clear. You'd walk up, and it's just the cases with the paper CDs in it, and you're like, yeah, it's the worst. Or you see that person, and you're like, you're walking into the door, in the door with the same person, and you're like, I know they're getting it. They're going for the same thing. They want the same thing. I'm going to have to run through Blockbuster now. I mean, a VHS even that <laughs> sounds to like to my kids like that, a joke. It, yeah, it's a why we mean two people couldn't watch the same thing because you needed to hold something in your hand to watch a movie. Like what? That doesn't make any. You had to have a physical thing. You had to have a thing. You had to drive in your car to get the thing, and you would and you bring pay the, money for you'd it. Pay money for not to own it, but just to have it for a day, a little bit. And you'd put that in in a thing underneath your TV, and you'd watch it, and then you'd have but to drive you, it quick. back. Or if you didn't watch it that day, <laughs> oh gosh, I only got a two day rental because that was what was for the right, new day, right? the new films. Two day rentals. And then you're like, well, if I don't watch it today, tomorrow's Monday. I got it on a Saturday. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to return it or re or go back to the store, yeah. have them re ring it up, right? And then you can go back home, and you have to hopefully you have to watch what it the if next you didn't few days. Finish watching it. What if you, have to go pay it, you pay got it, it home and there was a scratch on it and you couldn't watch it? You know, or if it had a different DVD in it, that happened to me before. Really? Yeah, what? That's just random crazy. movie. You're like, oh, this isn't it. You know, and this kind of thing, like that was an event. Of course, as soon as streaming services came out, that was a thing of the past. Netflix, just the fact that you could get the DVDs mailed to you and have them ready oh to go. Oh my gosh! You could have and was it like keep, seven of them? You could seven, have? and then you could keep them for unlimited as long amount of as you time wanted. until we, you watch them and you send them back. And then you got streaming, and now you don't have to have anything. You just hit a button and you're watching. And if you think about the way that that's changed, that's an idea that for for almost everybody, that's, that's a, a good great idea. idea. Yeah, and and now, your movies now. Yeah. Yes. Is, is the MakerBot an idea for everybody? I would say at no. this point, no. But I think there's enough of an interest around that to, to make it interesting. And it really is the future to be able well, to fabricate something on demand. And that you really and I were talking future. about this, that, you know, big warehouses where they have or fulfillment centers or mm-hmm. something like that, where like, okay, say we're a company, we make wrenches. Well, why do we have to have, you know... 800,000 wrenches sitting in a factory that we've, and we have to clear space out for them and box them up and everything like that. Why not just have some boxes in the corner, have your 3d printer there and be filling it as the orders come in. I mean, anything that could be fabricated like that seems like it's the way to go. To have it on a plane. Oh, this handle to this one door just broke off. What? Just print another one, glue right back on or just, you know, Screw it right back on, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that. So, so it's neat, but it's not the kind of globally, universally interesting idea that Netflix is, you know, right. or, or Hulu or one of these other services. But that's the kind of idea that, that you know, that there is such an opportunity for in some places still. And it's tough to find and to figure out what that's going to be next. But when you're sitting there at work and you're thinking – what, what I what should I do? What should that next thing be that I spend my time working on and thinking about and focusing on? Mm-hmm. You know the things the, the 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 thing that should stop you is I don't know if enough people will use this. Not I'm scared of supporting it because today that's just not a reason. Now back to the outbox thing. Whenever people would hear about this idea and like when they did announce that they were shutting down. A lot of people, I, I saw really two sentiments. One was, oh man, that's a bummer. Those are really good people. It's sorry to see an Austin company like that that had such promise go down. And the other one was, I'm surprised it lasted this long. What a dumb idea. Who wants that? And if you have enough people saying that about the idea that you have, maybe it's a bad idea. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of split on it. Like I'm the person that, I mean, right now, I think the last time I checked my, my mail was... The week after Christmas, maybe, but I'm not getting any important mail. And all your bills are digital. All my bills are digital. Anything that I would get in the mail, 
my friends tell me like, hey, Hattie, what's your address? Okay, it's this. Great. Okay, keep an eye out for something. I'm sending it to you. And I then I check my mail more because often. Because it's an antiquated system. Right. But packages, so, so sending for me, physical things, packages and stuff like that. That, that makes, makes sense. Because <laughs> you, you made something and you want to send it to another person and it's a physical thing that you made. You have to get it from here to there. You have that product that you need. You have that, you know, we just ordered a bunch of stuff, we, you know, computer stuff. Like that has to be put together by by smart and talented people and made to work and tested and sent to us. Like, right, but that makes sense. Paper? Paper. Like I'm going to send you a piece of paper. With something written on with it. With something written on the it. The only reason why you would send. Romance. Well, romance. A love letter. A love letter. Or, um. Christmas cards, physical Christmas cards. That's mm-hmm. always really fun. Nobody really wants a yeah, digital. Nobody wants a digital. That's like the lame, oh, poo. I just, I'm like the lame parent that, oh, it's the day before Christmas. I forgot to do my thing. Now, if you're if you're a funny family and you're like, we designed our own digital Christmas card and from scratch and my son made it because he's in art school and that's fine. But if it's like one of those, we popped our heads on elves that do a dance to a Jay-Z song, that's no. Cop out. Yeah. So this company, not enough people thought it was a great idea, obviously. And now they've got a lot of talented developers that are looking for jobs. Uh, my brother-in-law is looking for a job. And, you know, I think that they, they gave them a couple weeks of work and then they gave them a month of severance. And that's generous. I think, especially considering that they were just running out of money and no money. They could have just shut the doors, but they wanted to do the right thing. But it's a struggle and it's tough because now, like so many companies that go out of business, now you've got those people who are employees who are working there and they're like, "Mm, you know, I've got to, I've got to go look for something. And I'm not even talking about the frustration of starting a company and being part of a company and working really hard to get it going. I'm talking about just the fact that now they're on the street, they're looking for a job, you know? And it's, um, it's really, I think it's, it's just, it's sad and it's frustrating, but this happens so much. And then you have to think that as an employee, as somebody who's going to work at a place like that, like there's people who just, they just want a job. And there's mm-hmm. other people who are thinking, well, I want to be part of something and I want to grow it and I want to and build it And I like this idea yeah. and I want to be part of this idea. And I, I just couldn't, I mean, I don't mean this in a negative way. I'm not criticizing them. I could just never get excited about this idea, this, this no. outbox idea. Like it might be something that would be like a cool feature in part of the USPS system in a way, mm-hmm. but not as a separate thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I haven't checked my mail in the week. Click a button. Now someone went and checked it and scanned whatever was important. That's fine. Yeah. But not as like an everyday thing. Yeah. And then how do you, what if somebody sent you like a little handmade card and you wanted that? How do you get that? I don't know how you get that. How do you get that? They scan a picture of that and then you see the picture. I don't know. But you know, the thing that the, the nobody wants their acceptance letter to college scanned into an email. Right. And what if you're waiting for something like a college acceptance letter that you want to hold in your hand and have the excitement of opening and they've already collected it from your mailbox. Now you could, right. Like, how do you get that? And they've already opened it. The confetti that's custom to your new school has been (laughs) emptied out and it's now just in a folder. And you're like, yeah, but I, you know, I don't know. So it's, when you're trying to think of something and you know, I, I kind of knew back when I was doing those two ideas, like I knew if I had really thrown myself into making the best Linux FreeBSD systems out there. And there are companies out there that still make, you know, like, like you can go and buy a pre-configured, pre-installed machine running Linux. That's a good server and stuff. But it just seemed like the idea was finite about Outbox that, that it It eventually, eventually USPS and, 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 hand delivery of mail and paper mail is going to go away. Maybe you got three right. years, they maybe were, you got They 15. were bringing a new idea to something that was already dying. It was already dying. So, But not a saving idea. It was just a new right. point, a new little blip on the map yeah. of mail system. Yeah. And it's amazing because the software that they built around and the infrastructure and the tools that they built are genius. They're genius. But the idea For that idea, flawed. they did a great job. Yeah. But the idea wasn't very good. Right. Execution. 
So Al, uh, Alexis Ohaney and I went up there and I haven't talked about that, have I? No, you haven't. God, we went to Florida, which was... Ugh, you talked about a little worst. bit on Back to Work, remember? You know what? The uh, UCF alumni called me yeah? uh, yesterday like, oh at dinner time. And? What do you think happened? You didn't answer. No, I answered. What? What did they say? Well, what do you think happens if you call my house at dinner time? There's screaming. screaming kids, there's shouting, and then there's some, you know, hi, I'm a senior at UCF. And I'm just calling to try and get, and, and, and. If I hear a, re- a repeated red thing like that, I'm yeah. already like, I'm tuned out. I, I don't even know why I answered the phone. I think because it was a 407 area code. So you got excited. I'm like, oh, who do I, who, what, what Florida. good friend from, so this is weird. So they, they, uh, they, they said, uh, is your email. Let me just, before I say what it is, I'm just going, okay. So they said, we have your employer listed as BizWorld. And uh, your email's dan at bizworld.com. And I said, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) And they're like, oh, do you no longer work there? I'm like, I've never worked worked there. there. I don't know what BizWorld is. Have you Googled it? Bizworld.com says, sorry, this site is no longer available. If you're the <laughs> owner of this site, please call the number below and mention code blah. So I don't, I don't even know what that is or was. And they're like, oh, so you don't work there. I'm like, I don't know what that is. The guy's like, oh, that's odd. Well, can we still reach it? Dan at Bizworld. I'm like, no. No, I never worked there. I don't have I don't that email that and is. I never did have that email. And then I realized I should have said yes because I'll never get their crappy emails if I, yeah. now they got, you know, and they're like, well, do you have an email address you want us to have on file? I said, no. No, but we, so I went and Alexis, I had to unsubscribe all from my alumni stuff. I couldn't do it. It's too much. It's too much. I, if I'm concerned or, Hmm, I wonder what, uh, Texas state is doing. I will go to the website. <laughs> you can find out on your I own. I will find out on my own. I don't need to get updates. You do on get the updates happening. about the TSU crimes. <gasps> oh, I'll never get rid of that. It's like, there's been a stabbing on Comanche <laughs> street. And I'm like, yes, terrible. Well, anyway, uh, Alexis Ohaney, and he is the, uh, one of the co-founders of Reddit. And, uh, he invited me to come and talk with him on stage at UCF. Uh, he's promoting his book, which is called what? I just said stage stage. It was a small stage. I like a small stage, but this was a especially small stage. And, uh, the book is called without their permission. It's a good read. And uh, it's about trials and tribulations that he's had as a young man building uh, what has become the front page of the Internet, as he says. It was great to meet him. He's quite tall. He's too tall and uh, way too tall. And he uh, he's a super cool guy. Got it to sit up there and talk about stuff up on stage. And, you know, one of the things that he said is that uh, he said, you know, I'm going to talk to Merlin about this tomorrow on, on back to work. But he said, you know, he says, I'm, I'm still figuring stuff out. He says, every day, all you're ever really doing is just figuring stuff out. And I'll, I will end today's quit with this. I told him, I said, listen, I said, there's only one thing that I have figured out. And I said, it's important for you to do this. You meaning all the people in the audience and you, my listener, this is the one, the one thing that you must absolutely figure out and figure out as soon as you possibly can. And it, it will lead you to success and it will prevent you in as much as possible from failing and hardship. Figure out what you're good at and figure out what you're not good at. But more importantly, figure out what you are good at, because there's always going to be somebody who's better than you are at almost everything, if not everything. Yeah. Just know that and, that and accept it. It's OK. That's all right. But figure out the thing or things that you are very good at. And, and do your do best. those things. Yeah. Do your best and do those things. Because there are a lot of things I'm very, uh, not, very not good at. And so eventually you will find people who can work with you or for you uh, and team up with. That's to, what to a do team is. Right. It's the different pieces of a puzzle that everybody does their part in what they're best at. Right. And that's what makes a, makes a good functioning company is. I'm the best at doing accounting. I like math. Guess what? I hate math. I'm going to do your web design. Like things like that. That's what makes it possible. Possible. And the, the, the most important thing about this is that the things that you like doing do not always line up 
with the things that you are good at. Now that's no. a harsh reality. That one is harsh. And I, I, hear, I, I was thinking about over all the people who have called in and written in to quit. A lot of them are like, I do X as my job, but I really like Y and I have fun doing it. And I think I want to try doing that. Yes. But figure out if it's something you are or can be good at. Try it as a hobby first. Right. Figure out the things that you're good at. Now, that doesn't mean I'm only good at these three things. I shouldn't try to be good at these other things. No, of course you can. But know that there are already people there who are already good at those things. Mm -hmm. So find a way. Yes, get good at them. Yes, learn them. Yes, go to Linda and learn the new skills. But just keep in mind that right now, the thing that you need to do. And so when I say figure out what I'm good at, I'm also talking about broader concepts. Of right. That. Not specific things, but broader. I don't like things, me, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't like things that involve lots of details and organization. I don't like doing that stuff. I'm also not very good at that. But guess what? Well, I am. You are. So mm-hmm. that's why one of the reasons <laughs> we work so well together. But, but. The the flip side and of that is I'm not is, very good at time management. Right, but I, I I'm <laughs> but pretty good at that. So again, this is the kind of thing I know what my weaknesses are. I know that I'm you know those little detail things. I'm not going to be that great at that. So I shouldn't pick a job that involves being very detail oriented down to where where this thing goes, where this thing is. This little de- I need somebody to you know. Who's going to be strong in that way? That's a poor example of of what I mean. But you know, there are there are people who are trying to do something, or working on an idea, or focusing on something that that it's just outside of that that area of stuff that they're good at. Now, and they're trying to cram themselves into that mold yeah. of okay, well, I really want to do web design. Well, guess what? You're not very good at it, even though you like it. You're not very good at it, but you can still do something with that if you want now there are people who are going to interpret what we're saying as us saying never learn anything give up give up and just stick to the stupid stuff that you you, you're already good at that's not what we're saying we're just saying that be aware that you know who was that i forget we had that caller uh who 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 called in and they said you know i I really want to go and try this thing well that's that's actually every caller (laughs) Uh, i want to go and try this thing and i'm new and i'm not sure if i should do it and, and every time I'm like, try it first, try it as a hobby, find out right. if you're good at it and not before just find you out quit your job at, completely, like, yeah, <laughs> like find out if, okay, you may like it and you know what, you may be good at it, but that still doesn't mean this is the way that you should start earning your money. I always think about it in the sense of when I think back to, uh, back to art school, um, there were all these kids that were like, I love to just do pottery i'm getting my major in ceramics and i'm just gonna make pottery and it's like but i've also seen your you know your other kinds of design that would make you money and this pottery thing what you know you could be chihuly all of a sudden but from the looks of it now you don't seem to be very inspired you just like making pottery why don't you do the thing that could also make you money and that you like still doing, but also do pottery on the side, and then you get both best of both worlds. And then if you become truly, then quit your other design <laughs> job. Yeah. yeah, it's it's you know it's tricky because people want to do the thing that they like to do, and yeah, and 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 I, so the the connect the connecting those dots is if you're stepping into something new that you think this is something I like, then absolutely do that and absolutely focus on doing that and make it a priority, but get good at it. Make it one of the things that you're good at and find those bigger, broader skills that you are good at and let them shape the way that you interact with this new space that you're stepping into that you've got to and just sit back and think about it. There's so many people who try these things and like, I was never a great system administrator. I was, but that was my job. That was my full-time job. (laughs) And I didn't, I didn't like it. And I'm like, why don't I like this? Oh yeah. I'm not really that good at it. I mean, I knew stuff. I knew more than most of the people that I knew, but what kept me from being really good at running systems was I derived no pleasure from it. Yeah. But I loved making websites. I was not good at that either. 
and I had to find the thing that I was good at. But I, I, I knew, and if you know, and you know in the back of your mind when you're getting in the car in the morning to drive to work, if you're about to enjoy what your day has ahead of you or not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you enjoy the work and you don't enjoy the environment or you don't enjoy the people. Well, that's fine. Find a different job. But, but keep the doing specific the yeah. activity that, you're, that you do every day. Do you but you got to figure out what the things are that you're good at and what you're not good at. Find people who are good at those and work with those people. Mm-hmm. It sounds simple. Uh, and surround yourself it. with people that you admire their traits. Like, wow, um, I can't even think of one. You know, this person is really organized all the time. Well, I should really be around this person more and learn some tips and tricks. And maybe I will become more organized even though I'm not. Does that make sense? Yes. But anyway, so if if you have questions for us, we... I think we have a guest scheduled for this next episode that we're so. doing. It will be another quit this week. Yeah, because I got to do two because this is a makeup for that trip I did with Alexis. Thanks again to Alexis for inviting me out there. Thanks, Alexis. Uh, we need to invoice them with fresh books. The, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> The, the show is now, main day is going to be on a Monday. It's going to be Monday at 3 p.m. Central, Central uh, 4, 4 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Uh, it's a weird new time we're trying out, but I would love we're to hear your thoughts and feedback, and maybe we'll do some calls again next week. Uh, you can follow Hattie on Twitter, Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E, Bird, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. You can go to 5x5.tv slash quit. There's a little newsletter sign up there. This has been episode 48. I don't really think there'll be many show notes for this one, but that's where you'll go. uh, 5x5.tv slash quit slash 48. Place to go to get the uh, links for today's show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please do send us email at 5x5.tv slash contact. Hopefully it won't be about uh, the 5 by app by uh, StumbleUpon. But if it is, you know, we'll deal with it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Hattie. Thanks, Dan. And uh, have a good rest of your week. Goodbye.